Let's start the show. You already know who it is. My name is Mike Kyle, aka the Fantasy Vulture. I've over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and I've continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past six seasons. Let's make it seven in 2020. But enough of me because I'm here for you on today's episode, the live stream version of the FB show. We are continuing our all 32 NFL team preview series, taking a look at every NFL team through the lens of fantasy football. But before we get started today, if you are new here, first off, smash that subscribe button, power running backs out so that you never miss a video from me. I pretty much do this thing almost every single day. We are so close to the NFL season. We are pretty much just inside 25 days. I'm ready to go. We've been knocking these things out left, right, and center. I'm preparing for my drafts. I got my dynasty draft in 10 days, 11 days. I got, I'm still setting up my other draft dates. Uh, my other league's a little bit behind on that. Not my fault. Come on, brain, get it together. Um, what else do you have to do? Oh, yeah, also hit that like button. Like an open receiver, downfield, Patrick Mahomes style. And last but not least, you can shoot me a text, 330-302-1554. That's going to be my source for all of my major fantasy football advice or just questions or thoughts this season. I already sent out some great texts the other day talking about players that I like and players that I dislike. So if you want like my little top secret information, that's the place to hit me up on. But you can also follow me on all social media platforms at FFVulture. And of course, the website is FFVulture.com. Um, before we get started with the New England Patriots, there is something I need to say. This is a story that I talked about back when I did my Arizona Cardinals preview. But I feel like it's important to bring it up once again Kind of just because I like telling it, and also just be kind, and also just to kind of poke fun at myself. So, the, it was week four of the NFL season last season. I had spent my entire offseason preparing for my dynasty startup draft, gunning for Kyler Murray as my quarterback. Now, what I also did in that same preparation process was pr- prepare myself to take Lamar Jackson, and I did. I had both players, Lamar Jackson. And Kyler Murray. I obviously took Murray first because, you know, there was a lot more excitement around him than Jackson going into last season. Although there was still a decent amount of excitement for Lamar. Um, but uh, Kyler wasn't getting it done early on in the year. The offense looked sluggish. Uh, they weren't scoring a whole lot. He was making some mistakes. The rushing upside that he was prompted, like, that he, that he was... The rushing upside that he was proposed to have wasn't fully materializing. And if you know me, you know I love running quarterbacks. You know, it just it just really wasn't working out for the Cardinals during the early part of last season. And Cam Newton of the Carolina Panthers, my favorite team, also got hurt but was expected to be back towards week 6 to 8 in that range. Uh, he was dealing with a foot issue, foot injury. So what did I do? I traded Kyler Murray for Cam Newton in Dynasty. Now, again, again, I had Lamar Jackson, so I felt like I was okay to kind of make that move. You know, I wasn't burning too bad. Obviously, Lamar ended up having a great season, and it looks like he's going to have a very, very good NFL career. So it's not like I'm bleeding at the quarterback position. But all last season, specifically once Cam Newton was uh, sent on injured reserve and done for the year, it, w- it was looking real bad for me in that trade. Like, you traded Kyler Murray, who finished last season, I believe, at quarterback four. No, he was... Where did Kyler finish last season? Hang on. This is important to know. Um, where did Kyler finish last year? Oh, we're getting off to a rocky start here. Yeah, Kyler finished his quarterback seven last year. So it, I traded 
the number seven overall quarterback for a guy who did not play a snap for the rest of the season and as a result did not even crack the field on my roster. And it was looking real bad for me. And then we get into this offseason. And Cam Newton is released by the Panthers. And a week go by. And a month goes by. And another month goes by. And Cam Newton still is not signed. So here I am trading a, got, trading a quarterback who is currently going at around the 5th or 6th round right now in drafts. For nothing. Until. Until. Cam Newton was resurrected from the dead. When he was signed to the New England Patriots. Now let's talk about Cam Newton, a player that I, I'm really excited about, all things considered. One, because, again, my dynasty, like my, that trade is no longer as awful as it could have been, but also because Cam Newton is the fantasy football king, the OG. We are about to see a new era of fantasy kings with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, but Cam Newton and Michael Vick were the OG fantasy kings. So we do have to go back to 2018 and talk about Cam Newton's 2018 season because 2019 really didn't happen for him. So he finished his quarterback 12 overall in 2018, but that was on 14 games played. We're going to talk about more on that in just a little bit. He had eight games as a quarterback one, six games as a quarterback two, and one game as a quarterback three. And I know I've talked a little bit about the, uh, the types of performances, uh, that the types of performances in QB2 matter, and that's something that I'm really going to focus on as I work through what this series looks like in the future is finding better ways to actually depict that, right? Because if you finish as quarterback 14 on a week, that's still a QB2 performance, but that's obviously closer to a fringe one. Whereas if you finish it in 20, you know, you're not really doing a whole lot for your fantasy team. In fact, you're probably hurting uh, that your team more likely than not. But from what I remember going through my research for Cam Newton, those QB2 games were pretty fringe. It was a lot of stuff in like that 15 and inside range, inside 15. So he didn't hurt too bad. He obviously is he obviously provides tremendous rushing upside. When we look at the numbers, 320 completions on 471 attempts, uh, 3,300 yards, and 488 rushing yards. That's obviously the big thing with Cam Newton and his play style. 28 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. When you look at the adjusted score, 20 points per game on a 14 games played. You throw his, you throw those numbers together. You do my little magic potion to, to, uh, for the adjusted scores, and you get a new and you get a new finish. Excuse me, of QB nine. When I tell you that Cam Newton is the fantasy king, I mean it. I want to go back to this point now because talking about the adjusted score really, uh, really depicts that picture. So in 20, uh, so right, so in 2018, he finishes at QB, uh, he finishes at QB 12, but if you were to pace out what he missed, specifically for that season in particular, he moves up to QB six. When you look at 2017, he finishes quarterback two. 2016, he finishes quarterback 17, but. He only played 15 games, and when you factor in the game that he missed, he's actually quarterback 8. In 2015, quarterback 1. In 2014, he finished again at number 17, but he missed two games, and when you factor those in, he moves up to quarterback 8. In 2013, 2012, and 2011, he played all 16 games. His new finish was 3, 4, 
three. So let me repeat those numbers to you. Cam Newton on a full season, and this has been an offseason. Like Cam Newton's basically been out of football, essentially, for 10 months or so. So he's had plenty of time to recover from his, from his injuries, both in the shoulder and in the foot. And so if we are getting a full, the healthy Cam Newton, I'm all in. So just one more time. On a full 16 games for his career, quarterback 6, quarterback 2, quarterback 8, quarterback 1, quarterback 8, quarterback 3, quarterback 4, quarterback 3. When I saw his ADP, and I know it's been low, but in uh, for fantasy football calculator, this was a lot lower than I expected it to be. Uh, QB 22 going in the 13th round, in the back of the 13th. I have Cam Newton ranked as quarterback 13, and that's just honestly the super conservative approach that I decided to take with Newton this season. But if there is a guy who is going outside of the top 15 at quarterbacks, Newton is one of the guys you really want to look at. We've seen like every single year he does this. He comes in with a lack of weapons, and that's what a lot of people are questioning: is does New England have the weapons to support Cam Newton? And no, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Do they have Cam Newton to support Cam Newton? That's the question that we really have to be asking. Because think of it this way, right? You know, the receiving core in New England is let's be nice. We'll call it below average. If anybody wants to tell me, like, one good receiver that Carolina has had over the course of the past six or seven seasons, I'm all ears. Kelvin Benjamin, who had one or two good seasons and fell off a cliff when he separated from Cam Newton. Ted Ginn Jr., fine player, better NFL player than fantasy player, that's for sure. And yes, he is a field stretcher, but he wasn't a consistent option week in and week out for you. Steve Smith Sr., Great player, phenomenal, more so towards the back half of his career is when he was playing with Cam. Uh, let's see, who else? Jericho Cotri. Mm-hmm. He was a guy. He was, wow, he was a world beater, you know what I mean? Uh, who else? Who else? We can keep going. Devin Funches. Devin Funches had maybe one year. That was great, and other than that, really underperformed expectations. Cam Newton, during those finishes, carried his own team. He doesn't need help. And by, but what I mean by that is he doesn't need help to be relevant for fantasy football. Now, obviously, he needs help to win games, but that's not what we're really focused on here. We're talking about just fantasy performances. So Cam Newton, like, if you are questioning if the Patriots have the weapons to support Cam, like, just throw, like, burn that thought from your head because it doesn't matter because we've seen it time and time again where it doesn't matter who's around him. Cam Newton is going to, do, is going to be productive for fantasy football, and I'm really excited about his current draft cost. Just so I don't overinflate what his ADP is, I'm actually going to go to ESPN's Live Trends right now. Uh, let's see. Live Trends, just to get an idea of where he's going in that platform, because I do know that's a place where a lot of people play at. So Cam Newton's actually going, and I did know this beforehand, actually. So Cam Newton's actually going as quarterback 14 uh, in the ADP right now, and I'm going to actually run some math real quick. Uh, he's currently going at pick 138, but we're going to divide that by 12. So he's currently going in the 11th and a half round. So if you have like that 11th or 12th round pick, Cam Newton is in that category. So that's not too far off of where his ADP actually is in terms of round number. So let's just read off some names, right? You don't want to spend your 
for you don't want to take your quarterback early, so you're not going to go Mahomes. You're not going to go Lamar, Deshaun, Russ, Kyler, Dak, Brady, Breeze, Ryan. All right. So let's just get the basic core group out of the way. You want to take your shot on Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton, Matthew Stafford or Cam Newton, Carson Wentz or Cam Newton, Daniel Jones or Cam Newton. Right? Like these are the questions that you that you have to ask yourself. And for me, if I am waiting on quarterback, like Cam's just one of the guys that I'm just naturally going to target. Because you have to remember, like, this was a player who was going in that 5th, 6th, 7th round range for many, many years. And now we're finally get this, we're like, because the NFL has written him off so badly, we're finally getting Cam Newton discounted. Last year he was going in the ninth round, this year he's going in the 11th and the 11th and the 12th. It's incredible value for a guy who could easily and should probably easily finish inside the top 10. So I am really excited for Cam Newton this season. But unfortunately, that's probably where all my excitement for the New England Patriots ends. Next, let's just transition with that being said to Sony Michelle, running back for the New England Patriots. And my man just, whoo, he needs to get some ice on his knees and his body because this dude Always feels like he has some sort of knee injury. And he's running back, so you kind of need your knees, you know what I mean? In 2019, he finished as running back 24 in standard and 28 in PPR. He had two games as a running back one, five games as a running back two, and three games as a running back three. 247 touches, 12 receptions, 912 yards, 40 or 94 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. When you look at the adjusted score, 9.2 points per game on 16 games played. His new finish is running back 36. Now there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of concern around Michelle's injuries already. He is on the pup list currently, if I am not mistaken. Let me double check to make sure. Hang on, Sony Michelle pup. Right, yeah. So. Both Sony Michelle and Mohamed Sanu, wide receiver, are on the pop list. I'm not going to talk about Sanu in this uh, in this preview because I honestly don't think he's going to have too much week-to-week value. But with Michelle, I think what's really unfortunate is going into this offseason, he was actually a guy that I was really excited about because of the fact I knew the volume was going to be there. Uh, just speci- just he's, He was always going late in drafts. You look at his ADP, that 7th, 8th round. And this was a guy who literally saw 250 total touches last season. And you're getting him that late. Sure, he's not probably going to, to he's not going to deliver you a lot of weak winning performances. But as I've talked about with guys like David Montgomery and Jordan Howard, this season where you may need just a plug and play guy week in and week out due to injuries, due to COVID, Sony Michelle really fit that bill for a late round running back for me. If, let's just say, James Conner gets injured again and I have him. Just slide in Michelle. Yes, there is a little bit of a drop-off there just in terms of talent and production. But I don't think Michelle is going to kill you every single week. And he's fine You just start as a running back to or flex option if you have to. Like, it's not one of those things where you're going to, to cover your eyes. Like, it, like, let's put it this way. If you start... Ooh, who's a good player that I can use here? If you start, Alexander Madison is the first player that came to mind, but we're actually, we'll roll with it. 
if you start Alexander Madison at your flex, just because maybe he's getting a little bit more involved, you're probably covering your eyes, right? Because, oh no, I'm starting Alexander Madison. He's a backup to Dalvin Cook. Maybe Alexander Madison won't get 10 touches all game. With Sony Michelle, I know I was guaranteed 15 touches a game. And that alone, like just having that volume and that security is really comforting if you need to just plug in a guy on any given week. It's why we love guys like Jamison Crowder at the wide receiver position because we know that volume is guaranteed. And unfortunately, due to Michelle's injuries, they also had to bring in now Lamar Miller, who is coming off of an ACL injury. So we're going to kind of gel these two guys together. But before we do that, I actually want to go back to Michelle uh, and say his current ADP is running back 32 at uh, 7-11. I have him ranked as running back 39, and I should say this. I did have him ranked as running back 33, but once the injury report came out, and then they did sign, once the, yeah, once the injury report and the PUP report came out, and they signed Lamar Miller, I did bump Sony Michelle down. So if you would have told me, that, like, hey, Sony Michelle is going to, like, is going to be the guy in the backfield this season, uh, he would obviously be higher to be inside that running back three territory for me. But because of the circumstances surrounding this backfield, I have I did have to drop him just a little bit. But going back to Lamar Miller, who they signed, he was a free agent this offseason. Unfortunately, during his contract year in Houston, he did tear his ACL. I believe it was a, it was in a preseason game. Fun story, or I guess not fun, but story about Lamar Miller. Uh, I won my championship last year by drafting Lamar Miller. And then not having Lamar Miller. And then drafting A.J. Green the round before. And not having A.J. Green all season. So I basically lit my 6th and my 7th round pick on fire last year. And still won my league. That is why we say you don't win your league at the draft. There are other moves to be made. And that's, you know, I, I just want to leave it at that. But I do love Lamar Miller as a running back. He's actually one of my favorites. We do have to look at 2018. Uh, because there was no 2019 data. So let's just jump into 2018. In 2018, he finished as running back 22 in both formats. He had four games as a running back one, four games as a running back two, and three games as a running back three. He had 210 carries, 25 receptions, 973 rushing yards, 163 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. When you look at his adjusted score, and remember the adjusted score is applied to last season, 11.4 uh, points per game on 14 games played. His new finish is running back 25. So Lamar Miller is, last time we saw Lamar Miller, should I say, he was a guy that was a very viable running back two option for you. He did provide some week winning weeks. Uh, if I remember when I was statting him out, he had a few he had a few weeks as running back seven, seven, eleven, and I believe his best performance was a running back three, and that was towards the back out of, and that was towards one of the last weeks of the season during the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. So last time we saw him, he was great. He was really good for your team. Uh, there was a bit of a bust issue. He did bust in about three games or so entirely. So we don't love to see that. But for the most part, he was very, very consistent for you. And that's what we like to see from a, from a running back, uh, especially one who's kind of in like that fringe running back two, or yeah, who's basically in like that running back two category. Uh, he has the ability, when given the opportunity, to finish as a one, and you love having that upside, but you also have that floor on a week-to-week -week basis as well. When you look at the ADP, he's going outside of the top 60 running backs, outside of the 14th round, and obviously he was newly signed just about a week ago. 
and so that we don't have a whole lot of ADP data on that. Actually, when I was looking at ESPNs to compare, he was going as running back 57, so there's not much of a difference there. I have him ranked as running back 37, so I do have him ahead of Sony, and it's as simple as Sony Michelle, unfortunately, just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and I think I'd rather trust Lamar Miller in this system than Sony Michelle. And it kind of comes down to two things. One, just pure talent. Uh, Lamar Miller, I just think he's a much talented, is a bunch of better running back. And then number two, Lamar Miller can catch the ball. Like when you look at the, when you look at those numbers with Michelle, he only had 12 receptions. Miller doubled him, and obviously that's not hard to double uh, 10. It's not hard to double 12 receptions. But when you look at the Texans' offense, the Texans never really threw dump off passes or anything to the running back position. So to have 25 in that offense is very intriguing, and and Cam Newton, last time we saw him with Christian McCaffrey, really got accustomed to throwing those dunk, those dink and dunk passes uh, to CMC. So we'll see if that translates over to New England as we now have another player joining this team late. We'll see how quick he picks up the playbook and how much he actually gets on the field. So do I trust Lamar Miller? Probably not. Like running back 37 is not bad, but what this whole thing is I just don't know what this Patriots backfield actually looks like. And that's been kind of the running theme for the Patriots backfield for, I don't know, a decade almost besides LeGarrette Blunt, And like besides LeGarrette Blunt, how many times have we consistently known who the Patriots starting running back is going to be or who their leading fantasy running back is going to be on a week-to-week basis. It's always been a very hard guessing game. We still have guys like Damian Harris on this roster who I honestly am not even going to talk about. Like it didn't even cross my mind to bring him up during this. And as I just said his name, I'm like, oh yeah, he's still there, right? So I guess I'll just mention him right now. Second year running back out of Alabama. Reports are saying that he looks good in camp. But once again, that's now Michelle, Lamar Miller, Damian Harris, and James White. James White, uh, pass-catching running back for, for the Patriots. 2019 finished as running back 29 in standard, 22 in PPR. He is just your prototypical pass-catching running back who does perform better in PPR formats than in standard. He had two games as a running back one, four games as a running back two, and seven games as a running back three. So he's just one of those guys that if you just need like that flex option or if you play two flex, James White's going to really suit that role for you just because you hope that... the you just hope that reception work and that receiving work is going to be there. I mean, look at those look at those stats. He had more catches than actual carries. He had 67 carries and 72 receptions, 263 rushing yards, 645 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. Like his receiving work tripled, almost tripled his rushing uh, his rushing work, and that's just, it's unbelievable. You know, he is just such a great pass catching running back. When you look at the adjusted score, 11 points per game on 15 games played. His new finish is running back 27. I have him ranked the highest out of these, uh, out of the Patriots running backs. And it's as simple as he's just going to catch the ball and receptions are worth more than carries. And when you have three, and when you have a three-headed monster, monster is uh, probably an overstatement, admittedly. When you have a three-headed, what's uh? I don't even know what's up. What like what's like a what's a lesser word than monster, but like something that's not intimidating. When you have a three-headed, I don't know. When you have a three-headed spoon, I'm looking at a spoon right now. When you have a three-headed spoon of Sony Michelle, a older Lamar Miller, and Damian Harris, like what what's that? 
actually going to look like come the season. I just have so many questions, and I'm really staying away from all Patriots running back. But if you're going to take one, especially if you play in PPR formats, the answer is James White, just because I don't think his role is going to be affected all too much. And with that being said, let's continue focusing on the pass-catching weapons here in New England. And we're going to talk about Julian Edelman, who had a phenomenal season last year. And I don't know how many people actually realized it. In 2019, he finished as wide receiver 13 in standard and 10 in PPR. He had five wide wide receiver one games, four games as wide receiver two, and three games as a wide receiver three. He had 153 targets, which I believe was top three in the NFL. Let me pull that up just to make sure. Uh, Let's see. All right. Yeah, so he was number four. He was number four in targets behind Michael Thomas, obviously, Julio Jones, and Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson had one more target than him. It was just every single play, every single bailout situation. It was, where's Julian Edelman for Tom Brady? Uh, So we had 153 targets, 100 receptions, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns, 12.9 points per game, 16 games played. And his new finish is wide receiver 14. So there's not really a whole, like, you would expect a guy like that to kind of see some sort of major dip in the adjusted score. And he really didn't. Like, yes, he does move to a wide receiver 2 instead of a wide receiver 1. But he's still on the fringe of being a 1. Now, unfortunately, the thing with Edelman this year is we don't know what his rapport is going to look like. With Cam Newton, we don't know how often Newton's going to throw his way. And obviously not having Brady there is a big thing, right? Like, he's played his entire career with Tom Brady. New England's entire, the last 20 years was with Brady. So what does this new look offense now look like with Newton at center? His ADP really reflects this too. He's going as wide receiver 36 in the eighth round. I've been ranked as wide receiver 31, and I don't feel great about it. Like, that number needs to be higher, admittedly. But I just don't know who you'd rather have Uh, Julian Edelman over I guess that was the real question when I was going through my rankings like where what's the player where you're like yes Julian Edelman I'd rather have him over X so especially just because like when you look at like that range right let me pull this up I'll go to the ADP I was gonna go to my rankings but I'll go to the ADP um all right why did you see 36 okay so, would you rather have Brandon Cooks or Julian Edelman? Like, we're actually starting in a spot where I think it's where I think this gets really interesting, right? So, he's going as like this fringe of like, do you take the guy with the floor or do you kind of just pick your shot somewhere else? So, the guys that are going in Julian Edelman's range are Tyler Boyd, Devontae Parker, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Christian Kirk, Hardman, Darius Slayton, Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Williams, Marvin Jones. Of that list, like, there's just a lot more players with upside compared to Julian Edelman. Like, Edelman's never going to be the sexy pick, but there is a world, like, where you need a guy like that. Again, I, I, again, I mentioned that, that Jamison Crowder role where you know that volume and the targets are going to go his way. And if we just continue to see Edelman just play from the slot, short and immediate throws, now Cam Newton does have the ability to throw the ball deep. But what we've seen, what we've seen last time Newton was on the field was he was targeting DJ Moore in the slot a ton. Like, DJ Moore in that role 
really became sort of not a safety blanket for Cam Newton, but just kind of, uh, oh, this guy's open over the middle of the field. Like, let's just zing it in, right? So I, th I feel like there is a very possible way that Edelman is going to still see consistent work. So he's not a guy that I'm fading entirely. I'm just He's just not a player that I'm really overly excited about drafting. But I want to switch to my rankings now. Because ahead of Julian Edelman, I have Hollywood. I got Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, AJ Green. Like all in a row. Like that that takes me up to 25. Behind Edelman, I have Marvin Jones, Tyler Boyd, Gallup, Will Fuller, Brennan Cook. So the order that I have kind of somewhat reflects where he's going in ADP. Like of those players that I just named previously, I think one, two, three, four, uh, five. I like five of those players I have all in that same range so you really are just trying to decide do you want upside or do you want safety and what does safety look like with an older Julian Edelman with a new quarterback in New England and finally we're going to wrap this up with Nikhil Harry second year wide receiver from the from the New England Patriots this is the player that I am willing I think to take the shot on from if I like if of any of the last six players that I just mentioned for New England, whether it's Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, Lamar Miller, James White, Edelman, Harry, Sanu, I think I want to take my shot on Nikhil Harry. In 2019, his fantasy finish, those are not typos, 117 in standard, 123 in PPR. 4.8 points per game, seven games played. He was dealing with injuries all throughout his rookie season. His new finish is wide receiver, 92. 24 targets, 12 catches, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he had one game as wide receiver three, and that's really all you have to know. The reason why a lot of guys are excited about Nikhil Harry, and myself included, is just because somebody has to emerge from this Patriots receiving core and I'll take the bigger body wide receiver who's going to be playing on the outside and just really had awful luck due to injuries. But when he was playing and when he was on the field, he looked to be pretty solid. I mean, we I believe he had, off the top of my head, he had the one touchdown reception that was in the back of the end zone, and it was just a spectacular grab. And he was, it was one of those plays where you're like, he can make that play every single game. He is just a super talented player. So with his ADP going currently at wide receiver 64 in the 13th round, he's going pretty much that same range as Cam Newton, which is really funny. I, I love the value there. I love the value because as this team really starts to mold and take shape into the future, Nikhil Harry is going to be a major part of that. A lot of people were saying uh, last year when Harry was drafted, like Harry was one of the more... Uh, interesting prospects coming out of the draft last year. There were a lot of people that had him as one of their top wide receivers. So now that he goes to New England, and obviously the expectation was for him to play with Brady, but now he's playing with Cam Newton, who's 31, who's playing for a contract potentially with the Patriots. You can really start to see some chemistry form potentially this year, and that has me really interested just because Nikhil Harry really fits that bill as your prototypical number one wide receiver. I have him ranked as wide receiver 43, and it's just as simple of if this team... Well, how, do, how, do, how, do, how do I put this? This team needs someone to break out, 
and we've already seen some videos and admittedly I am kind of buying buying the Kool-Aid and drinking it a bit uh, here we've seen some videos come out already with Harry and Newton and I'm I'm really excited I like Harry because nobody else is necessarily talking about him and I feel like he's just one of like those super deep sleepers. Like, how many guys are gonna be excited to be like, yeah, Nikhil Harry? I, I don't I don't know. But I see the path for him to be super successful this season because his rookie season was so disastrous. So I'm going to buy the bounce back, I'm going to buy the draft hype, and I'm going to buy the quarterback play as well with him. But I think that's going to do it for my all 32. NFL team preview on the New England Patriots and their fantasy football outlooks for 2020. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed, be sure to leave a like and subscribe down below. We're going to start doing this live stream format a little bit more. And by a little bit, I mean, it's something I've already had discussions with a few other people about. Like this might just be the new thing. And I'm going to find ways to make this a lot more fun, exciting, and really just overall entertaining because I really felt like when I was like going back and as I'm watching like some of my content the big thing that I thought was lacking for me is it's just so straightforward so we're gonna find ways to really spice things up and I think it's gonna be a really great development for what we're doing over here so please be sure to subscribe so that you never miss one of our live streams you can also shoot me a text 330-302-1554 that's my source for all of my in-depth very secretive fantasy football advice this season for example, don't draft Russell Wilson. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. All right. It, and then also you can shoot me a message on social media. Follow me on all social media platforms at FFVulture, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. The content, we're going to be rap, ramping it up over there as well. And the website is FFVulture.com. Pretty much everything that happens here happens over there but if you miss something like that's the best place to go back and look to see what you missed i got the podcast all over there i got the videos over there and i got little write-ups about each podcast slash video all in one place so it's like my central hub of content i'm going to also be doing rankings what else do i have over there um rankings and i think i'm going to start doing articles but i already spend a lot of time on this as is so i don't know how much more time i can dedicate specifically two articles but that's it that's all i got thank you so much for watching we will be back i think tomorrow as we kick off one of our final two divisions the nfc east and we're going to talk about the washington football team i almost said their old name and i was like oh no whoop can't do that we're going to talk about the washington football team a team that has a lot of great pieces potential pieces on it so i will see you here tomorrow probably 9 30 9 30 eastern Let's roll with it. All right, I'm out. Later.